This is the second episode of the Grace Road Show. I am Kevin Maloney, the lead pastor at Grace Road Church, and I'm joined today again by Cody Wilbanks, who's the teaching pastor at Grace Road Church, and Andrea Burke, director of women's ministry at Grace Road Church. And today we are, are hoping to talk about church online. Um, uh, some of this is brought on by the, the fact that we are quarantined and it is the uh, coronavirus epidemic and we are, are probably not going to be meeting as a church, uh, according to the CDC, for at least a total of eight weeks. But um, uh, it's looking like in New York it could be even significantly longer than that. Um, I mean, over our lifetime, we have seen all of life move online and... And a lot of this has been absolutely wonderful. Like, I think online shopping is fantastic um, and <laughs> glad to have that. Uh, I, I don't know if someone in retail would necessarily concur, but, but I think it's a good thing. Um, online banking is amazing. I don't remember the last time I walked into a bank where it would almost be suspicious if someone went to a bank. Do you guys think, like, it seems like it's got to be a significant percentage of people walking into a bank are just there to rob it? <laughs> I don't know what to do when I walk into a bank anymore. Like, I don't know what the rules are. I don't know what the etiquette is. It's very awkward. Yeah. Yeah, I had to, had to go in not too long ago because of um, a check issue from someone that was sent to us. And and literally, I was pulling out the slip to fill out, and I, I couldn't remember, like, where, where do I put <laughs> these numbers right <laughs> I, I, I don't know so I had to get help yeah and you're wondering like do they have 25 dollar bills I can't remember anymore <laughs> and and so so like that's totally normal to us um I I still remember when I first met the first couple that I was doing pre-marriage counseling for that had met online and this was only 10 years ago we had just planted the church and I met this couple and they told me that they met on the internet and I thought well, it's inevitable then that in the course of pre-marriage counseling, I'm going to discover that they're strange people because that just seems so weird. And, and they weren't weird people. Like we, we, I did all the pre-marriage counseling and they're wonderful people and they be, <laughs> became our friends. And it was like, oh my goodness, these people met on the internet, but they're not weird. And I remember being shocked by that a decade ago. And now it's got to be the majority of couples that I'm doing pre-marriage counseling for met online. Like they met at church or they met online. It's going to be one of those two right. or a combination of those two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's like the primary way of dating at all now is online dating. Like to do it any other way is to be weird. Like someone was like, oh, I'm going to go out to meet someone tonight. And I, I don't know if this ever, I saw this, but they were like, that's creepy now. Don't do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's don't, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's a different world and I'm 42. And so, you know, I did my dating more than 20 years ago and got married 20 years ago. And I am so glad I did that, <laughs> that this didn't happen in the age of social media um, where I've actually like scrolled through Facebook and seen people who posted basically reviews of their date on Facebook. And I just, I don't know how I would have fared in that world. Like, I, <laughs> I can't imagine seeing that review and, and she's saying he took me to Burger King and, <laughs> I, and I'm thinking it's flame broiled. Like, how was that not wonderful? <laughs> oh my God. So, so the world has changed and in some ways it's, it's for the worst, but, um, but there are people who are totally used to the online dating thing. And it, that seems to be most people who are dating today. Um, so, so now that brings us to online church. Um, 
typically we have as a church not wanted to call anything online church. Like we'll put sermons online, we'll put resources online, but we've been really hesitant to do anything that we would call church online. Um, just because we really believe that, that the church is a gathering of people. But, but now we are in this coronavirus crisis. We're all at home. We're not allowed to gather with, I think the rule is in New York, more than one person. I think where they said <laughs> you can't even do exercise that isn't solitary outside. So, so there are just no gatherings that we're allowed to have. And, uh, and so now we're, we're putting more online. We're becoming more digital. And I saw a meme this week, and it was Forrest Gump. And the, the headline was, and just like that, we were all televangelists. <laughs> so all of a sudden, the church is becoming something we didn't expect it to become. So, so what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on online church? Can church even be online? Yeah, so obviously, this has been a pretty big uh, development. Obviously, churches are scrambling right now trying to figure out what to do. Um, since we can't meet and it's been interesting because like you said, there's some, there are many churches that, I mean, this is just kind of normal life. Like this was normal weekly, um, church ministry because they have what they might call, you know, uh, they might call it church online. They may call it an online campus where it's just an extension yeah. of their physical location. And so for, for some churches, I mean, this is pretty typical with the exception of maybe people not showing up at their their building, wherever that might be, I think. But then also, I think for some some churches, um, they they have they've had a hard time switching over to doing things online. But it's not because of theological reasons. Like their obstacle hasn't been theological; it's just techno technological. Yeah. So whereas maybe they didn't have the resources or they didn't have the know how um, to do things like this, but um, uh, but they want to. And so this is just kind of forced their hand to just kind of push through to make some kind of videos or make some kind of streaming. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, I think what this is doing is really showing a lot of our ecclesiology. Yeah. Where, where do we, where do we stand on this? What do we believe the church is? Um, what's a proper biblical expression of it? And so that's what we're, we're seeing a lot of churches have to wrestle with now. Yeah. And Did even... you guys see there, there's ahead, that video of the priest, there's a video of that priest streaming his service, the liturgy, and he accidentally put the filters on on Instagram Live. And so <laughs> yeah. he was getting like hats on his head while he's praying and sunglasses. And, yes. Oh, I man. This is... <laughs> oh, there but for the grace of God go I. <laughs> that is <laughs> it's me all day long. And, and there have also been there have been some churches that have said we're not going to do it. Um, we're, we're not, we're not going to stream services. We're not going to put services online. Uh, Mark Dever, who's a guy I admire pastor at Capitol Hill Baptist church in DC, uh, said, said he, he's not going to be putting services online. Um, and his reason, this is from Twitter is because a video of a sermon is not a substitute for a covenanted congregation assembling together and all the various means of God's grace in that. I think it would be healthier to respect God's strange providence in a period of abstinence from meeting together. And so, so for him, they really just kind of said, we're going to force this issue, um, that, that Christian community is a gift of God, and that gift can be taken away. And in this season, it's taken away, and it's best for us to just mourn it and feel its absence as opposed to trying to recreate it online in a form that just isn't, uh, isn't really church. 
So what is uh what's our struggle? Why 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 can dating be online and banking be online and shopping be online, but we just have this sense that church cannot be online? What why not? And then what do we do with that? Well, I think a lot of the things that you just said are transactional. Banking, shopping. Um, there's just an exchange of goods there. That's what that's how we view those things, as well they should be. Yeah. Um, shopping and banking and things like that. Um, but online dating, we don't say to people, never meet, never move the relationship beyond digital means. We know that online dating is an, a way to connect, but it's not a perfect answer for a relationship. We don't encourage anyone to relationally engage that way forever. Yeah, that no, would be strange. No we one's going to meet online people. and say, <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we met online. We are in love. We are together. And we have no intention of ever getting together in person. Right. That would be very bizarre. Um, so I think that does reveal something about us. If we're satisfied with just a, a transactional relationship with our church, then we're missing something about what the church is created for and why we need the body of Christ. It's not meant to be a transactional thing. And even in person, people treat it as a transactional thing. I'm going to go, I'm going to just sit and get something and I'm going to leave. Um, or I'm going to, I'm going to hear something. I'm going to put something in the offering box and I'm out of here. It's a transaction. It's not a, a family. It's not a church of people bought by the blood of Christ. Um, so I think that does reveal something about kind of the way we live and what we believe, if that's all we can water it down to. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, it's it's so easy for us to just treat the church like it's a product. And, and if I can get my product online, then, hey, how much better? Because I can now have church and uh, and not have to go anywhere and not have to make any efforts and not have to meet people that I wouldn't want to meet, um, you know, the not have to, to look someone in the face that I've been trying to avoid, uh, that it, there's something about the gathering of the body that has just so many elements built into it that we need as Christians, that if we ever think that I can get all the churches online, then, then we don't fully understand what church is. So, uh, so why put anything online? Why do what we're doing, which is, you know, weekly we're putting a sermon online and trying to have it online on, on Sunday morning, trying to connect with people through email and blogs and uh, world-class podcasts. Uh, why, why, would we, <laughs> why would we do that? Well, I think uh, we can celebrate the gift that technology is. It is a blessing, you know. Other, you know, periods have never been able to do this. Uh, in church history, and we have, and so we should, I think, leverage the the blessing that technology is. Um, but uh, you know, so for example, when we were overseas, man, we loved Skype, we loved FaceTime, yeah. we loved to be able to at least see a face on the screen of someone, you know, that whether it's a family member or a close friend, and get to chat and talk, even though we were five thousand miles away. Um, that was a blessing, but at the same time, we can't, you know overstate the benefit of technology, right? We all know that we would much rather sit across a table and have a cup of coffee with our friend than just sit over FaceTime and chat over and over again. And so I think we, we take advantage of technology. We enjoy it. It's a blessing. Uh, but at the same time, recognize the limitations that it has. Yeah, I go on a trip and I'll FaceTime my kids while I'm there. But 
uh, it's just you get this sense that this is what I'm doing to hold myself over until we actually get to see face to face. Like we, this is this is this is good and even better than phone calls. And how cool is it that we can can look and and almost make eye contact with somebody uh, while we're having a conversation with them from across the world? Like that's that's a good thing and that's a gift, but it still isn't a substitute for for showing up and being there face to face. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like, you know, we're trying to offer like scraps of bread to kind of keep each other alive. Like, here's a loaf of my bread, here's some of mine sharing with one another, whether that's things like this or videos or FaceTimes and Zooms and community group meeting. I mean, everybody knows this is not ideal. I don't think I've had heard anyone say, from Grace Road at least, say, boy, this is, let's just keep doing this. Like, every <laughs> leader, every leader I talk to, every person I'm on the phone with, they're like, oh, I really appreciate all this. We cannot wait to be together again. Like it almost creates that uh, desire even more for like the feast. Like if we're yep. just, if we're in famine right now, we're going to keep eating what we can to, to stay, to have sustenance, but we desire the feast. We desire the gathering. We, we know that there is something better. Um, this isn't, this isn't just it. Um, and I even think of people that I've been on the phone with where um, they're, they're in tears or they're scared and, I can pray for them over the phone, but there is something missing with even just presence. Like I can't just sit with them and um, whether it's just being there with them while they're scared or grieving or give, you know, providing that physical presence, that's huge. It's, um, and I feel that loss of that really big right now in the midst of all this, that the loss of physical presence in people's lives, it's really hard. Um, and I think people need that. And so when we're without that, we crave it. And it's good, we should crave it. We should desire the physical presence of others. And so hopefully that's what it's stirring in us is these little pieces are just creating the desire for community. Yeah. Cause this, this isn't real community or at least it's not full community. It can enhance community and it can be, be uh, one of the tools that a community uses, but, but ultimately you've got to see people, you've got to be in the same room and, and have conversations with people. This just isn't the real and, and full thing. Um, and, and I think it's good that we, we do what we can because the word of God is still powerful, even in you know, these crazy times, like the, the word of God on a TV screen or a computer screen or um, coming through a podcast is still a powerful thing in people's lives. Uh, but community requires face to face. And so I think it's good to do what we can, but also just sort of acknowledge um, this is not as things should be. And, and I think sometimes the church, we're pretty, we're not very good at lament or acknowledging that there's a lack going on somewhere here or, or acknowledging that something's wrong. Like we try to spin everything and make it sound like, no, this is fine. This is wonderful. This is great. We're barely missing a thing. Um, I want to do what we can, but also say like, now this, this really in a lot of ways stinks. Um, like it's not all, all that it should be. And, and I think even um, uh, like John did that in, this is second John 12. He says, though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. So, so here he is and he's writing. He's like, I've got a lot I want to say to you. There, there's a lot that should happen in this relationship, but it can't all be conveyed uh, with paper and ink. We got to get face to face again. Um, now, he still wrote it. Like he still knew that the, conveying this on paper was good um, and so good that it's the inspired word of God. But it was, he, he said, our joy is only complete when we share these things face-to-face. -face. I think Paul did yeah, the same I, thing. Go ahead, Cody. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, and that, and that really does go back to um, 
kind of the language we use as a church and what churches are saying uh, right now. I've seen, you know, several churches say things like, hey, we still come together or we can continue to meet together, but now online. Yeah, almost as if to say there's no difference here. Yeah. We're, we're still doing what we normally do um, rather than just um, saying, you know what, um, we don't like this. We're doing the best that we can and, and it's okay to lament that, like you said. Um, like there's no need to mask that we have some loss right now. There's no need to pretend that it's not there just because we have technology. Um, as we said, you know, last time, you know, in, in every situation God's doing uh, thousands and thousands of things. And one of those things that I think that he's doing for the church um, is to hopefully grow a longing for us to be together again, to really have a new sense of appreciation and value for unified, gathered corporate worship. And hopefully we can do that. I agree. So, so when you open up social media and you see that a church is offering virtual communion to, to its members on Sunday morning, what are your thoughts? Are they doing something wrong? Yeah, I, I mean, I want to be gracious, certainly, because pastors are having to make really tough choices and things like that right now. And no, like you said, this is a unique um, season for churches, certainly. Um, but again, the, the idea of communion is is that one of the things that it signifies is not only the the body and blood of christ but it, but it's the unity of the church we're, we're partaking of that together yeah and so when we're not together it's really hard to uh, enjoy the symbol that it is and so i think it's just better to to wait it out obviously it's not ideal to uh to not have communion regularly you know it's a little bit different for us as a church because we celebrate communion uh, once a month for sunday of the month you know some churches that do it every single week it's yep. going to be a lot harder for them and and um, but I, I definitely think that it's better theologically, but certainly practically as well, uh, to just wait this out and again, lament not having that and let it grow in us a hunger for us to be together and enjoy it again together. And I think for it to allow us when we do, uh, come out of this, to come out of this better and stronger, and I think when... I'll be talking about a little bit in the sermon this coming Sunday, just that when, when God allows you to break your arm, he doesn't just do it so you can get your cast off someday. Like he, it, it's not just so that you can one day be healed from that thing that went wrong. Um, it's to actually create something better and stronger in you. And so, so here God is allowing this season where churches can't meet for who knows how long. Um, you know, the scariest estimates seem like they're, they're talking potentially nine months, um, could be some on again, off again. Um, I don't think God is allowing us not to meet just so we can one day meet again. I think he's allowing us not to meet so that we can one day meet again, but meet again stronger and, and meet again, appreciating, uh, the, the church again and, and what it is to be able to look around the room and see all these people who are saying, I believe the same thing. Um, and to feel that responsibility again, that like, actually I have to be there. Like, I have to show up to be one of those people that's standing up and we're all singing these same songs. We're all pro proclaiming these same things. Um, I have a duty to that community. I have a hunger for that community that um, the, the gathering of that community feeds me. And so, so maybe some of what God is doing is he's making it so that his church in the U.S. won't be as consumeristic as we've been. 
um, that will will look at the church community as a gift of God, and we won't uh, maybe we'll stop talking about church shopping and and thinking that you know my goal in, in finding a church is finding one with just the right music and just the soft enough chairs, and then then that'll be the place where I know is home. Uh, maybe it's creating a hunger for like the real and important and good things that that happen in church. Yeah, I've been loving thinking about the um, songs of like pilgrimage in the Psalms, thinking about the desire for Zion and going to the house of the Lord. And um, I think it's, it's cool to, well, cool is probably a really cheap way to say it, but it's beautiful to be able to understand those a little bit more and that desire for what it looks like to be faithful without that. And um, like, if nothing has changed in my life because I'm not meeting with the church on Sunday, that kind of reveals something about how I've shaped my life with the church. Um, so it is a good time to look at like, how does my life desire the body of Christ now without them here? Um, am I happy to disconnect from everyone? Am I happy to not have to deal with those people? As, you know, quote those people. Um, yeah. Am I happy to not have to worry about community and going, getting up on a Sunday? Um, well then like, this is a good chance for the Lord to put in a desire for me to desire his people, to desire the church, to desire him. Um, and not just be content with my bubble of comfort that I would want to protect on my own. And so I think that um, like reading some of those Psalms and seeing how they desired to be together, how they desired to um, worship together. I don't know. It's just, it, it helps me reflect on my own heart and what I desire genuinely, what I desire, not just what comfortable. <clears throat> I think that was one of the big lamentations, like in the old Testament, like when, uh, when people are mourning so often, it's like, because they have that longing for Zion, like the, either the temple was destroyed and, and now what are they going to do? Um, you know, how can we sing our songs when we're, we're captives and we're being tormented and mocked by, by our captors. And we just want to be home. We want to be home with the gathering. And so, so I think, uh, this can be a time that really creates that for us and, and, and for, for it to create the longing for the church, which exists to create a longing for heaven. Because um, as much as we're doing virtual church right now, which, you know, we're, we're not, it, it's not church, but we're, we're doing this thing. Uh, even when we get to church, that's still virtual heaven in some ways, mm. where it's, it's still not all that it should be. Um, that, that like the weekly gathering is not supposed to be the, the termination of our Christian life. It's supposed to point us toward Christ. It's supposed to point us toward heaven, point us toward that day where like we're gathered around his throne, all worshiping together. And, and even on the best of Sundays, we don't experience that. Even when we can all gather, even when the music's just right, we've chosen all the right songs, the, the sermon is, is gospel-centered and encouraging and convicting, uh, it's still not what heaven will be. It's supposed to, the church service itself is supposed to create a longing for something else, something beyond that. Yeah, and the same with communion, right? That, yeah. That's what Paul says in First Corinthians, right? He says that we're doing that. We're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. And so we're setting our sights until we really are unified with him in his physical presence. Absolutely. So so for now, we're we're kind of riding it out. We're, we're going to do what we can, and we're going to worship as we can, and we're going to try to continue to preach to an empty room and, and be encouraged that there are, you know, 
1,500 people logging on and listening or, or watching, but also knowing uh, this isn't church. Church is something that, that's so much better than this. And, um, and to remember that God's word is still powerful, uh, that God is still doing his thing. He's still drawing a people to himself, even when they can't gather as a people, and to, um, to still do all we can. Like This is 2 Timothy 2, 8 and 9. Uh, Paul is writing, and he's writing uh, from prison, and he says, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. And so, so we're all just kind of uh, on home confinement right now, bound with chains, but God's word isn't bound. Uh, the gospel is not quarantined. It's still doing its work. God is still uh, out there. He's still drawing people to himself, and this is not at all what it should be, uh, but, but that doesn't mean that he's not at work or that, uh, that there isn't real good that, that can be accomplished during this season. I'll give you guys the last word. Any other thoughts before we, we sign off? I would just encourage uh, ourselves and, and the church, as we've already said many times, to, to again, not just try and mask this um, loss of, of gathering, but really pray and ask God to grow in your heart uh, a longing to be together, to, to again, renew your, your love for and appreciation for standing next to your brothers and sisters in Christ, lifting your voices, singing together, hugging each other, um, shaking hands when you see each other, uh, to sit together under the teaching of the word. Um, so again, just to use this time and ask God to, again, grow your appreciation and love for that so that when we can come back, uh, I'm so looking forward to it. It's just going to be a great, great Sunday. I'm really looking forward to it. Just got the thumbs up from Andrea. <laughs> uh, I think uh, this Zoom meeting format definitely captures a little bit of why this isn't real community. <laughs> people, uh, people love Zoom meetings. And so, so we decided to provide this podcast as a way, if they can't participate in their own Zoom meeting, they can listen to ours. And it's almost yeah. like the real thing that the Zoom meeting is. It's beautiful. That's what I would say is if you really want to know why it matters that we gather in person, have a Zoom meeting with about like 25 people, have <laughs> nobody mute their, their you know, microphone, and then just dive into the chaos of that. And the Lord will really build in your heart then a desire for real community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if all the things that annoy us about church will just never annoy us again, because we'll just pull up those <laughs> pictures of the 42 person Zoom meetings and we'll say, all right, it could be worse. Could be worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Cody, Andrea, I appreciate you. Thanks for having a good conversation again, and we will do this again. Thanks, Have man. a good one.